0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin IRL. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this episode. Uh, we have a very special guest. His name is Alejandro. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him to pronounce his last name because it's, it's uh, Quite difficult for me to pronounce it, uh, but he is the national security advisor of the country of El Salvador. So I have a ton of questions for him. Really looking forward to this episode. But before we jump in, I want to give a shout out to the Bitcoin company that makes this show possible, Swan Bitcoin. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin. It's built by Bitcoiners, it's for Bitcoiners set up a DCA plan, set it to forget. Also check out their new product, Swan IRA. They have, they have a Ross, they have everything. And if you, uh, if you have any questions, uh, Roth, forgive me for that. If you have any questions about the Swan IRA, you can always hit me up on Twitter or the orange pill but no more delay. I want to bring up our guest Alejandro. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I, and I sincerely apologize for not being able to pronounce your last name. So uh, if you don't mind, how do you say it?
1: Well, my, my last name is, uh, from Oost-Flander in Belgium and it is pronounced Merskont.
0: Merskont. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, El Salvador has been on the news a lot, hasn't it? Um, so could you tell everybody what your role is? So you are the national security advisor. You know, what, what does that entail? Well, uh,
1: it's the same role as the National Security Advisor of the United States, but without the United States budget. So, yeah, it's kind of difficult. Uh, um, At the beginning, it was an impossible thing to do to get rid of of organized crime and and terrorist organizations. Uh, So, mainly, I'm an advisor to the President.
0: And what is it? And what is it that you know? What again? Because a lot of people are not familiar with that, right? So, like, what? Are, what are the responsibilities of the national of, of a national security advisor?
1: Well, uh, some things cannot be said on air.
0: The things that you can uh, say.
1: Well, uh, one, find the best uh, response to the actual uh, situation to tackle uh, organized crime organization. And there's another role that we, we don't have that problem to uh, have a knowledge uh, of foreign, foreign, foreign actors that want to uh, do damage to a country.
0: Yeah. And there's definitely plenty of those uh, lately. Right. You we have the legacy corporate media, propaganda media, you know, trying to go out, uh, trying to tarnish the name of El Salvador, trying to tarnish the the Bitcoin law. Uh, Also, you had a recent law or some senators in the United States you know, are trying to pass a law in, in Congress that would be investigating El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption. Clearly, uh, the fact that El Salvador adopted Bitcoin or made Bitcoin legal tender is uh, is definitely spooking a, a lot of people, specifically, you know, the political class, the elite political class, at least in the United States, that get a tremendous amount of power uh, from being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. And not to mention, not to mention, you uh, also weaponizing, uh, that currency, you know, through sanctions, right. And also using the IMF for political, uh, for political means as well. Right. So are, are those, are those all things that are on your radar? Uh, media,
1: is not on my radar, uh, uh sanctions by IMF and other, uh, agencies. Yes. That is one of the reasons that Bitcoin was adopted, uh, in every podcast that I've been invited to, or, uh, shows like this. Uh, I, Orange, built the Bukeles in 2018. But um, then there was no Lightning Network. So we were being ghosted by two big political parties We can, could not receive funds. So I came up with the idea. I've been in Bitcoin since uh, 2012. And I went to talk to one of uh, the president's brother, Karim, and said, uh, we need Bitcoin. So I explained what was blockchain and Bitcoin. That, that's a long story. Um, but when uh, Bitcoin became legal tender, mainly it, it was because money, uh, USD, is weaponized. So in, a, in case of any followed by IMF or any other big organizations, we had something Uh, to bypass uh, the SWIFT system and our GDP uh, relies uh, 30% um, on remittances so they could tackle us uh, either way uh, via taking uh, us out of the SWIFT system or uh, taxing the hell out of the the remittance money Uh, and either way we will be be, uh, greatly affected so to me at least, at least that, that was uh, the, the proposal for bitcoin
0: yeah and and let me ask you something which is very interesting, right? Why was Naim Bukele open to Bitcoin? Why was he open to the idea of making bitcoin legal tender? Why did he jump on that
1: well he he's a very smart guy uh, he likes technology, so uh I'm really not in the president's head, but uh, yeah he saw the benefits of having Bitcoin as legal tender.
0: yeah and what what have those benefits been uh, so far? So Bitcoin has been legal tender for about a year in El salvador um, you I'm assuming you're on the ground over there. Uh, what have you seen? Well uh,
1: in September seventh. Uh, 2021 Bitcoin law came in effect Uh, at the beginning it was a little bit chaotic because we had to develop an an app Uh, and that app was developed in 90 days so there was no alpha testing stress testing or any kind of testing so when it was released uh, it was hell (laughs) Uh, everyone wanted that those 30 dollars so People downloaded the app, and in the first uh, four hours, uh, we had uh, four, four million downloads. So
0: Seems like we lost Alejandro. I'm assuming he'll be back in a second. I'm going to bring up Opti in the meantime. What's up, Opti? well interesting interesting place to stop it was just getting heated it was it was just it was just getting exciting uh hopefully alejandro oh there we go he's back he's back all right alejandro could you hear us yes okay awesome uh be like you dropped out for a sec, but you, the last thing that you were mentioning was the uh, the effect about how everyone wanted the thirty dollars. That it was a little bit difficult rolling out the the Chivo app application in the beginning. Uh, so yeah,
1: yes, everybody everybody wanted those thirty dollars, even if they were were not bitcoiners. And then some people with with, with, uh, with malicious intent uh, started cloning. Uh, or national id and they were getting accounts with uh, real national ids for people that uh didn't even log to chivo and when they logged into chivo they saw that their 30 dollars were gone so uh, yeah we we started an investigation uh and many of those were caught and now are facing jail time uh, for fraud and uh, well What Bitcoin has done to our country is, uh, firstly, uh, it has given us a spotlight. And secondly, uh, well, uh, people are coming to El Salvador and 30 30 years back in time, I I wouldn't have imagined uh, of people from the US, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, Netherlands, France, and many other countries have come to, to this country to get the, the residency it, it was the, the other way around so that is good but in order to have that ready for the people uh, security had to be fixed because we couldn't have the uh, those people that flow of people coming in with the insecurity we had
0: yeah and 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 I want to I want to talk about that so and, and I think that's misunderstood, at least in the U.S. So I'm, I'm you know, I I, I live in Miami. I'm originally from uh, Venezuela. Uh, I've spent, uh, I've lived in, in Colombia. I lived in la República Dominicana. So I understand Central and South America. Tú eres un chamo. Soy un chamo. Soy, soy tu pana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but I understand. But a, a lot of the... The narratives that we hear that the anti Bukele narratives personally, as you know, as someone who understands cent- uh, central and South America, um, I think what Naim Bukele is doing is is, is amazing. I, I think that, you know, he he's cleaned up crime. It, it's never been done before. Uh, most governments are just so corrupt, uh, you know, what, what Chavez and then Maduro did to Venezuela is just a, a total atrocity. Not to mention the murder rate, you know, the capital flight, the brain drain, all of that stuff. Um, but again, that's my personal opinion. Some people are, are talking about, uh, you know, the violation of, of human rights. My opinion is, why should gang members that kill people have, you know, why why is that a priority off of people that are just peaceful and stuff like that? So what would you, I guess my question to you, Alejandro, is, How bad was it before the security, uh, how bad was it in El Salvador? How bad was the the situation on the ground in El Salvador before Naim Bukele started uh, locking things down? And and we'll we'll go from there.
1: Well, we had uh, a murder uh, rate that was 106 uh, homicides per capita. And now we have uh, a murder rate of 6.5 per capita. So we have taken down that a lot. We have tackled that and we have become, we come from being the most dangerous country in the world to becoming one of the safest in Latin America. Uh, When we arrived at the government, there's an index that Vision of Humanity provides. It's not an index that that we manage. Yeah, we do have a formula in order uh, for us to, to have that before, uh, it is uh, posted by them, so we can measure our numbers with theirs, and that's called the economic cost of violence. And it's an index that is compared to in percent to the GDP of the country. Uh, our country is really small; it's twenty thousand kilometers squared, and with a GDP of twenty-seven billion dollars. And when we got into the government, the economic cost of violence index was twenty-seven percent. Uh, then uh, we didn't have representation in the congress so we didn't have any uh, loans for security uh, we needed to implement uh, lots of stuff uh, at the beginning what we were uh, we got a police force with uh, 30 30 year old guns that wouldn't even work so the policeman was just having the gun and that gun couldn't shoot so we started from the bottom up uh, we modernized the, the police uh we, we, we gave them uh, six hours i'm a big six hour fan so six hours is what, what they what they got and um, secondly our uh, military was puning military force in fact uh, if, if 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 it wasn't going to be taken care of. The best thing that could have been done is to eliminate the the military force and become like Costa Rica. But uh, one of the things we wanted is to keep our uh, uh, sovereignty.
0: Sovereignty, yeah.
1: Yeah. Sovereignty, yeah. So in order to have that, we're not a country that will invade other countries but we we believe in our self determination and self defense so we needed to beef up uh, the military force so uh, from 1600 it was uh, taken to 40000 uh, yeah 40000 and we had to give them a wep- uh, new weapons as well uh new technologies uh new tools for for fighting uh crime uh, among the Police force, uh, because in the past governments, the, the military was just uh, there. Why
0: be. why didn't past governments care about the crime?
1: <sighs> it was a, a big business. Um, we had two primary gangs here uh, the Barrio 18, which is a Mexican gang created in Los Angeles, and we had uh, the, we have the, the MS 13 created in Los Angeles by. Ex guerrillas and ex militaries from El Salvador to protect against the 18 gang. Uh, in the Clinton era, those gang gang members were being uh, deported to our country, so they came here, started organizing, and at that time in the 90s, we were being governed by the Republican Party called Arena, and they they saw that they could benefit economically from. Right. So most of the people, uh, that were in, in the government from Arena, they started uh, private security firms. And what the state cannot supply, yeah, the, the private security firms uh, did. But things got got out of hand. At, the, at at that time, in let's say 1995, you could s- squash the 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 gang members in in months. So let they let that grow, and there was a, an accord when Pablo Escobar died. I, I think he he committed suicide, but yeah. Uh, when Pablo Escobar die, dies, the Mexican cartels get uh, get an agreement with the with the Colombian cartels and say that that uh, they establish that if someone is transporting drugs that they will not be paid in cash. So they keep a percentage of what they're trafficking. So narcos here and another uh, Latin American countries, we have the disadvantage of being uh, uh, in the middle of South America and North America, which is uh, one of the biggest uh, cocaine buyers. So we are like a bridge uh, to get there. Uh, So the narcos here, since they could not pay, let's say, in half a kilo or ounces, uh, they needed a a structure to do uh, the narco stuff, uh, to sell uh, grams. Uh, So they used the gang members. So they gave the gang members money. And one of my hypotheses in in my upcoming book is that every organized crime organization or terrorist organization is in size equivalent to the finances that they manage. So if they they have enough money, uh, they can expand like any company and they became an international uh, terrorist organization. And now they they didn't need the narcos, yeah. They they still uh, did the biddings for for selling ounces and all that. But they became uh, traffickers, not only uh, drug traffickers, but uh, human traffickers, uh, weapons traffickers, and all other illegal uh, activities that you can imagine. So they became really big, uh, and. If you have an organization that big, you need a lot of cash to to keep it up as an upkeep. Uh, so, in uh, my hy- hypothesis, was if you go and tackle the funds, they they will at some point uh, have to collapse or at least uh, cut spending and uh, diminish in size.
0: Yeah, and and i and okay so clearly there was a problem clearly the previous administrations of the previous political parties there's the left wing party and there's the right wing party i think you mentioned the right wing party which is arena um both of them regardless of who was in power would actually be uh cooperating with the or uh, better said uh, economically benefiting from the gangs what would be the human toll on society
1: well, uh, we had a, a civil war that lasted 12 years, from 1980 to 1980, 1982. Then the, the fall of uh, peace accords came. In the conflict, we, we lost uh, 75,000 lives. And uh, in the post era, that, is, that doubled in, in, in numbers. Uh, so so you're gang gang... saying
0: you're saying post the Civil War, the amount of deaths due to gang violence doubled.
1: Yes. You had days which uh, the murder rate was 100 murders on a daily basis.
0: And who and were these gang on? was this gang on gang violence or would this spill into. There,
1: there was gang on gang gang violence, but mainly on citizens.
0: So what would your response be to a lot of these Western publications that, first of all, they're not Hispanic, they, they don't live, they're not based in Central America, they're not based in Latin America. But let's say these, you know, Western people that, you know, to borrow from Alex Gladstein's book, Benefit from Financial Privilege, and their, you know, opinion on this matter is, you know, uh, it, even though Naeem Bukele clearly has brought down the murder rate, clearly is saving the lives of, you know, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, if not tens of thousands of people. What would your response be to them? And, and there's also, you know, a lot of the criticism has come from the legacy corporate media that is clearly on the side of fiat. Clearly, it's not on the side of Bitcoin. What would be your response to them as a local, as someone who lives in El Salvador?
1: Well, uh, finishing the economic uh, cost of violence uh, issue, uh, in 2012, we we closed uh, with the economic cost of violence of 14%. Still unacceptable. Uh, my goal is to take down that to 6%, uh, being that we we took out 13% of... Of what the organized crime was uh, receiving in money uh, those are 3.4 billion dollars that now are going to the to the regular economy not the criminal enterprise so in my hypothesis i was right if you tackle the funds uh, they will have to, to cut spending and increase their size uh, decreasing their size uh, also helps us. They they fight among amongst each other for leadership, leadership. So um, sometimes they 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 give out intel on their on their own people to get the leadership. And that has work well.
0: <laughs> okay. So clearly, and then so, and, and I'm very curious about this, right? So. You you mentioned the economic cost of of, of, crim- of crime right? Could you define cost of violence. economic cost of violence? Could you define what that is for anyone who's not familiar with that term?
1: Well, the economic cost of violence is what the crimes and and violent crimes cost the state, and what the state is losing in in money in revenue. So you can go to visionofhumanity.org and you can further study the the economic cost of violence don't take it as face for as face value Uh, for what I say you can research your own and see how we're doing there and um, going back to um, when the gang members and organizations uh, became big uh, they had enough muscle to negotiate with the government So they sat with the government and they started uh, a truce. So in that truce, uh, they extorted the the government. So the government started paying them in order to reduce crime. So there was like this valve. We let you kill 20 people on a daily basis. Uh, Don't go more than that. And that was unacceptable in my opinion. And I think most of you people will coincide with what I'm saying um the other thing is when the government did not pay up uh like in GTA 5 they started on GTA three they, they they did rampage and they started killing everyone that got in front in front of them so uh one of the records was a hundred and something people being killed on on the same day uh you had uh public transportation buses being burned down by the gang members with the whole passengers inside being uh, burned alive.
0: And this, okay, and this was, and I mean, that's a very powerful statement, right? So there was buses being literally set on fire with people inside alive, a hundred people dying a day. Now, what a, what a lot of people would say is, you know, it, it, what 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 was the cost of reducing the violence? The cost of reducing the violence was uh, was increasing power to the state. Um, what would your response be to that? Well,
1: if you defund organized crime or organized uh, terrorist organizations, you, def- you defund the organization. The state will rise because. It will have more money uh, taxing and uh, let's say uh, we have uh, a sales tax as well. So if that goes up, the other goes down.
0: Yeah. And so and then one of the other concerns is basically that the rise of the power of the state. uh, If you know, if you look at historical context, right, could potentially be used on its own citizens
1: uh that, that, that's a complicated matter uh i'm not not a big fan of a, a big state uh, but in this case it, it had to be done because it was unbearable and you had migration crisis and you had lots of people going to the state uh illegally and uh mainly they, they, they didn't go by plane some did They just got their visa and overstayed. Um, Most went from on foot from here to Guatemala, Guatemala, Mexico, to Ciudad Juarez, or any other uh, um, frontier point that that you had with the U.S. And people there got raped. They got killed. They got kidnapped. They got uh, extortioned. So... People were uh, uh, willing to go there in order to escape this country.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, and 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 I want to focus on the part that it needed to be done. Now, I I my personal opinion is I completely agree with that. Um, Most of most of you know Colombia is a little bit safer Uh, nowadays. Venezuela's Total shit show. Uh, parts of Mexico, especially specifically the U.S.-Mexican border, you know, complete. It's it's anarchy, basically. It's run by gangs. Not to mention. No, that, that, like-
1: that, that, that's not anarchy. Uh, according yeah, to yeah. M- Murray Rothbard,
0: anarchy is. What would you define uh, it as?
1: That's chaos. That's not anarchy.
0: That's anarchy chaos. Is, it, it,
1: it is each doing his own without bothering anyone.
0: It's chaos. Um, and, you know, obviously in the, what you guys did there, you stepped in, you, you were talking about it earlier. You know, you you funded the military, you funded the police forces that dramatically decreased crime. Um, why do you think all these international publications were so focused on El Salvador while, you know, there's basically basically you know the war is happening in ukraine there's a lot more other violent countries in in the world why were they so hell-bent on focusing on naim bukele and his administration and from your perspective
1: well uh if you go to data uh, and you see the officers involved shooting in the u.s it's a double standard that the u.s is questioning what we're doing because what has been done has been done surgically with clothes and all because we have declared a war on criminality and terrorism and we're not shooting the hell out of the people in some cases yes there's been an officer involved shooting but laws here are different uh, here, you have to wait upon uh, upon being fired to return fire, not like the US that the police uh, fires upon you and the, then ask what you were doing. Uh, so we sadly, we we have had some officers down, and we have had some terrorists down. But we have managed to tackle uh, about 69K uh, gag members.
0: Uh, you say sixty-nine thousand gang members have yes. been arrested. Yes, and or killed. No 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 no. no, 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 no. Arrested.
1: Arrested. Yeah. Uh, killed is less than twenty. And yeah. officers uh, down, less than ten. Still.
0: I, 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 <laughs> wait. How were you able to round up sixty-nine thousand people without violence? Well, the, uh, the money, the money that you were talking about earlier, right?
1: Yeah. You have to take out the money and intelligence here plays a, a really important part so in order to do this surgically uh, and precise you need intelligence, good intel and you need... Uh, oh, I can't tell more of you about that but you get my point uh, the other thing, uh, just to, to have that clear in, in, in case uh, this podcast gets to HRW or Alice Gladstein. We're not waterboarding people. We're not torturing people to get out and tell. That is, uh, in my opinion, that that's shitty intel. That's uh, when people tell you what you want to hear. And that that's not real intel. Uh, there are other ways to get intel. And this is not Gitmo. We don't have Gitmo. And if the U.S. wants these terrorism terrorists we can gladly ship them to get more if they want to that's not a problem they, they, for us it's better for the u.s to have them in uh, Gitmo. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah no and, and that that thing of double standards i i completely agree um i remember uh you know at least in the u.s uh you had the you have the current uh political front runner of the opposing party he was just indicted in new york city uh, I do not see that happening in El Salvador. Um, and it's not being talked about by the legacy corporate media. So there is this type of double standard. Um, and, and again, I think this the U.S. has taken this, uh, you know, holier than thou stance for quite a while now. Uh, does that frustrate you at all? I know that, you know, the, the corporate media doesn't have as much control as it once had. I think it's lost a tremendous amount of its legitimacy and I think it loses more of its legitimacy every single day. Um but does that is that something from a national security perspective that you take into account?
1: Yeah, we take that into account but there's a there's um Canadian uh truck driver he wrote DJ. a public, DJ Dichter.
0: Yeah. He's the man. Yes. He said
1: he, he said that, he said that the the media is not being paid for you to to present news it is paid to shove a political agenda so you have to be careful with the media and you have uh, those narratives yes definitely affect us because they, uh, some of those media outlets still have credibility uh, some are, are losing their, their their credibility and that's one of them is CNN. And uh, well, you cannot be CNN and Fox News all the time. You you, you need to do your own research on, on what they're telling you because they will tell you the opposite of everything. So in between of those opposites, the, the, there lies the truth.
0: Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Fox, right, yeah. you had the... Most popular broadcaster uh, on Fox 3.5, Tucker Carlson, Carlson had Naim Bukele not only on Tucker Carlson tonight, but also on Tucker Carlson today. And he was going against a lot of those mainstream media narratives, and they fired him. And what happened to Tucker Carlson? And they got rid of him. They got rid of him. And it reminds me of an article that Naim, Naim Bukele wrote, or President Naim Bukele wrote for Bitcoin Magazine. Um, stop, stop drinking the uh, the, the elite Kool-Aid? Correct, where he says that their most important tool is their control, their most important weapon is their control on truth, right? Uh, but I think that the internet is slowly breaking that. I think that their ability to control the narrative, when people could just go seek out their, their own information, it's not the news world that our grandparents or our parents were raised in. Uh, You can pick up a phone, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Rumble, you can go to Nostra, you can go to Twitter.
1: Yeah, but back then the agenda was not that harsh like it is now. Do
0: you think so? Let me ask you something. Is it is it because is it because the agenda wasn't so harsh or is it because people were not aware? Because I do remember in 2003, they sold the American public on uh, Iraq having, uh, having weapons of mass destruction. And I saw a tweet by Jack Posobiec, and it was a very powerful tweet. He said, if social media existed in 2003, the United States would not have gone to war with Iraq.
1: The, the, the sad thing there is that war uh, is beneficial to uh, countries like the U.S. with a military industrial complex, and war uh, also serves the purpose of laundering money. and. Everything is uh, they're fighting out there for you to enjoy your freedom, and that's a big fat
0: lie. It's a freaking lie, man. That's a freaking. And does that does that worry you? Right? The you know the the military-industrial complex. Some people call it the deep state. I don't call it the deep state because it's uh it's right up in your grill these days. I call it the administrative state that benefits tremendously uh, from. From the money printer, from the U.S. being able to issue its own currency. The U.S. is allowed to deficit spend every year. Then they divide and conquer the populace through uh, Democrat, Republican, culture war, all of that stuff benefits the elites. Um, Obviously, that system that is completely dependent on the wealth redistribution mechanism of inflation, right? That This money printing is going to fight tooth and nail uh to to be able to maintain that privilege as if their life depended on it because I think their life has depended on it has depend uh, does depend on it we have r f k jr whose father was arguably assassinated by the CIA now second in uh, the democratic primary, who is not even being allowed to debate uh you know uh joe biden um so clearly, you know, the administrative state, the deep state, the military industrial complex, clearly they're putting up a fight. Clearly, they don't want detractors. This is why Tucker Carlson was let go. Right. Yes. This is why they don't want RFK Jr. debating uh, Joe Biden. You know, you could say this. I don't want to get down that rabbit hole, but you could say this is part of the reasons why uh, Trump was indicted. Right. Um,
1: I, I am not a, a, a big Trump fan. But yeah, he was indicted for that. I yeah i do admire ron paul and ran paul um uh, if you uh followed uh, closely the afghanistan war was over then they they shoved us the COVID pandemic and now we have the ukraine war uh, i don't uh i i don't agree with what russia is doing in ukraine uh Zelensky is a, a, a NATO puppet, and those weapons are some of that weapons are ending up in Latin America.
0: Yeah, so that's a big problem. Yeah, and so I, I I guess I guess where I was going with this, right? And I, again, a lot of these topics that I just brought up, I understand that they are not uh, in. You know, in in you know, just political science, the term, the the concept, the Overton window. I understand that they could be seen as radical a conspiracy or whatever, whatever. But just for the sake of this conversation, we know that the military-industrial complex is real. Um, I forget the president; it was Eisenhower that warned about it in his uh, farewell uh, address. So we know it's real. We know it benefits from uh, the money printer. Assange was, is literally locked away, you know, throw away the key for kind of exposing some of the, some of the crimes that happened in the war in Iraq. Um, so we know all of this. Does that worry you that that system is going to fight? Uh, they're going to fight like their life depends on it. Does that worry you at all?
1: No. Uh, what worries me is, yeah, the, the printer going brr all the time. That's, that's sitting gone. Uh, the purchase uh, power of the dollar is declining each day, and not so many people get Bitcoin uh, because at some point here in this country, uh, Chivo yes was was a shitty uh, product, but uh, they associated Bitcoin with Chivo, so they they thought Chivo is Bitcoin and Bitcoin is Chivo, and some of the opposition uh, don't like Bitcoin, even if uh, if you show them the, the benefits because uh it's a bukali idea so uh the, the, there are misconceptions here that need to be fight fought um so what worries me uh when there's a war on, on a large scale like the one in ukraine is going is that those weapons eventually will end up Latin America, and if they get into Mexico, they will get into our country. And we've been dismantling between five and six uh, illegal encampments, uh, terrorist encampments uh, on a daily basis. And we have seized uh, C4 and uh remote controls to detonate the C4, uh, and some weapons that are not uh, military issued by us or Honduras or Guatemala Nicaragua and are brand new. So when you see brand new weapons uh, in the hands of terrorists, that is narco.
0: Yeah. And have they but they haven't used those weapons, those weapons of war really uh, against the, the populace yet. There hasn't been any type of revenge seeking from, you know, these ex gang leaders and gang members.
1: Oh, Intel says they want revenge. Gotcha. But without money, like I said, my hypothesis, without money, it's kind of difficult.
0: What would you say to the, you know, some of the narratives by whether it is in Europe, uh, the European Central Bank, it's, um, some members of government here in the U.S., the Financial Action Task Force's ah. unelected bureaucracy... Um, basically gets to dictate the world rules of finance. Um, What would you say that Bitcoin, what would you say to them when they say Bitcoin is going to be used for terrorism or money laundering? Uh, What would your response to that be? Well, most of the money
1: seized here. And I'd say 99.99% are greenbacks.
0: They're U.S. dollars.
1: And the other percent left have has been the heroes
0: has not been Bitcoin no not even Monero why 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 don't they like why don't they like Bitcoin why don't these criminals or why don't these terrorists these gang members these criminals why don't they like Bitcoin well
1: on chain Bitcoin has lots of traceability and they are stupid very stupid (laughs) not sophisticated and uh, let's say I was not on this side, but on the other side, I would be advising, yeah, let's move money through Lightning Network, definitely. <laughs> and let's coin join and let's do whatever it's needed uh, to make it untraceable. Uh, but they don't think that way. They like having la caletas, you know, what caleta means. So they have their stash of money and. Eh, in in houses or in barrels in, in, in their backyard and uh, we have not seized any hardware wallet or <laughs> any phone with a wallet of satoshi <laughs>
0: So, so they, they like U.S. dollars, but you know, and clearly, you know, they're not sophisticated. You uh, know, they're not sophisticated enough to, to really understand this. Do you think that they will ever reach a day where you know they start to understand? They're like, oh, you know what, this this Bitcoin thing, writing down twenty four words is a lot easier than having a whole barrel full of cash. Do you think that day will ever arrive? Well,
1: there is no small enemy, so you cannot. Uh Belittle any organization. Maybe uh, they can change their modus operandi at some point and go Bitcoin. But uh, what I've seen so far, and since Pablo Escobar and before Pablo Escobar, uh, narcos and organized crime like having their USD, even if they have to, to take them out of the barrels and dry them out in the sun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still said that in, in Colombia there's still barrels buried under the ground with millions upon millions of dollars and no one has found it uh, yes so anyways very very interesting conversation so uh naim Bukele's election is coming up 2024 uh coincidentally the year of the bitcoin having um from a national security standpoint i think that uh without without being specific on any countries uh there was there would be a lot of countries that would benefit from Naim Bukele being defeated in an election, and I'm sure that the opposing parties are being propped up by those said countries that would benefit in a Naim Bukele defeat. Um, what are you guys doing to deal with that as much as that you could as much as you could say?
1: I plead the fifth on that.
0: I plead the fifth on that, let, but let me ask you this then. Um, is that happening, or am I dreaming of things?
1: It's a scenario, a possible scenario.
0: It's a possible scenario. Close, close <laughs> good enough answer. <laughs> um, the,
1: the thing is, uh, in, in the past, when I started exposing corruption and and the gang truce, uh my head had a, a price on it, so I had many attempts on my life. Uh, sadly, one of them, uh, I was shot in the leg, and. In, in the thigh and the bullet uh, ripped through the femur and that that day if I didn't defend myself I, I would have been killed so that was El Salvador back then and they realized that uh, I was not that easy to kill so they started lawfaring me so they wanted me in jail at all costs so clearing the path for Najib Bukele project was not that easy
0: yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can imagine, and I, and and I think,
1: still, and still, if if need be, if we have to protect the president, and if I have to give my life, I would.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think you know why is it so difficult for some people in the West to <clears throat> understand that. Politics and life in general is extremely different in Central and South America. Why do you think, why do you believe it's, why do you believe there's a disconnect there?
1: Oh, Like I said, that there's this double standard. More Americans get, get killed in officer-involved shootings than with regular crime. And uh, they want us to implement their textbook uh, solution. We did that and did not work. So right now we're implementing our own I, I,
0: and I And I want to go back to that, right? The textbook solution did not work. Of course it did not work. It's, it, 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 what, what happened when the U.S. In, exported its democracy to Iraq? What happened when the U.S. exported its democracy to Afghanistan? Those are very dangerous things that I just said. But, yeah, but what happened in those two but, situations? In the Middle
1: East and Asia, that's different because Iran uh, had their, their Shah they got got wiped out and then they became a uh ruled by sharia law and afghanistan yes they have sharia law but uh like uh the, Afgh- the afghan system with the saudi arabian and the qatari and dubai system is not that different they rely on tribes on a tribal system so bringing uh, exporting democracy to a tribal system is uh, a new thing to them uh, democracy applies mainly on, on the western uh, hemisphere and when the U.S. tried to help us and impose our constitution, our constitution is U.S. made and it, it, it was imposed uh, to us in 1983 and then the the, 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 the Washington consensus and uh, other things that they imposed on us did not work. So all the textbook solutions that we, we have been handed down and uh been uh strong armed to impose have not worked so now we're doing our own solution and i cannot tell you it has passed the time test in order to say yeah that was the solution but in the short term and medium term this has worked for us yeah and then And, and you can see the data that this has been working
0: yeah, no, and it, it, the 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 data speaks for itself. Um, and the alternative, right? You know the the alternative U.S. model that you said was imposed on the country of El Salvador um, was the what were the results of that was a hundred people being murdered per day, right? And that's uh, uh,
1: one hundred and six uh, homicides per capita.
0: Isn't it interesting that the media wasn't talking about El Salvador when that was happening? No, not at all.
1: At some point, I don't know if it benefited the U.S. when a lot of uh, illegal immigrants started going to the U.S., which uh, to me, an illegal immigrant is uh, cheap work. Uh, So I don't know if that benefited them uh, with that, even if they oppose uh, uh, illegal aliens and all all that, yet... uh, they rely on illegal a- alien work uh, to pick up uh, cabbages and vegetables and all that, and even doing handyman work and construction and uh, nanny work and cleaning work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but it, of course, it, it, you you could say the the multinational corporations they they benefit from illegal immigration tremendously. Uh,
1: well, uh, news outlet here benefited from homicides. Uh, mm-hmm. It is not the same as posting uh, or publishing on a newspaper, a hundred dead, a hundred homicides uh, yesterday, and posting uh, five. Uh, Accident car accident causes five people uh, injured. That, that, that's not the same, it, it, it doesn't rank as 100 homicides. As we are now in a boring country where more people die in car accidents than by homicides,
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 insane. I, I, I just you know, I, I, I find it interesting, uh, where you have two solutions of which none are perfect right um one solution was leading to you know uh, 100 hundred hundred deaths a day right and the other solution is uh you know locking up uh violent criminals um uh, getting them off the streets and then obviously the the net positive of that is drastic reducing yeah, but, but,
1: but there are people that said what are where are you what are you guys doing in order to uh, reform the these people and when I when I'm interviewed and, and been asked that question I tell them that's not my problem that's another one uh, another persons problem my problem is tackle them down destroy them not kill them destroy the, their finances destroy their 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 their, their, their corporations uh or organizations and in the past uh you can see the news not so long ago uh, a group of gang members they filmed themselves with their cell phone uh, chopping up 11 people so in my mind how can you rehabilitate that
0: so, and you've said two things in this podcast, and, and they, they, they're they sticking with me because they're horrific, right? Buses being set on fire with people inside alive, and gang members chopping up people. And posting it online. And posting it online. Um, so that's one alternative, right? Alternative number two is the crackdown. Um yes and anyone that says that it could be a different that it could you know go a different direction my response to that is you're not from there you're not from south america you're not from central america things don't work over there the way they work in the us right um but that's my opinion what would you what would your opinion be on that matter if someone said there could be another way
1: i would say each country must have their own way and let them, let, let, let them try out and not impose textbook solution because the, the the same textbook solution will not work for Mexico, will not work for Guatemala, will not work for other Central American countries. It's uh, each, each solution has to be tailor made.
0: Yeah, so I want to use the, the last five minutes or so to talk about um, Bitcoin and, and the Bitcoin standard, do you believe? And you've been in Bitcoin since 2012. Uh, I'm class of 2016. I could tell what adopting a Bitcoin standard has done to my life personally. Opti's in the background. Uh, you know, I know what it's done to him personally. Uh, you know, of course, I try to get my family members in it as well. And, you know, it's 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 amazing what happens when you start uh, living on a money that is deflationary rather than inflationary, right? All of a sudden you have hope for... A future. Do you believe that El Salvador adopting a Bitcoin standard has uh, has caused some of the benefits? Has has inspired some people? Has inspired some people with optimism? Uh, the way that they they wouldn't have, or is this only due to Naim Bukele's uh, efforts on cracking down crime? Does did, did did Bitcoin play a role in any of this? Uh
1: yes and no Insecurity, i'm a bitcoin maxi i can tell you insecurity hasn't played any role in giving us a spotlight and the place in, in in the world yes has done um many people have come here because of the btc law and um, everyone is welcome here except the ones with the whole agenda you can keep, keep them um, uh, It is too early to say uh, the benefits of adopting the BTC standard as a nation state. In a personal level, you can see that uh, more clearly or uh, faster than than a nation state adopting Bitcoin. I would say give us 10 years and let's see how, how it goes.
0: What about adoption on the ground with with individuals? Uh, how, are you seeing that, you know, because that was, that was another counter t- counterpoint, right, which is, you know, it's, there's not really that much adoption there. Well, what would your response uh, to, 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 to that be?
1: Well, there have been projects like the one Deloitte has. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Deloitte. Yes, of course. They had Bitcoin Beach and they changed the name to Blink Wallet. And you have me premier Bitcoin, which is my first Bitcoin, which is an NGO that teaches people Bitcoin. So, what started in El Sonte as Bitcoin Beach, now you have that as Bitcoin Jungle. You have Bitcoin akasi in Africa. You have Bitcoin Brazil and other, and even in Philippines, you you have uh, what Galoys started in El Sonte. So, sparks are are flying over to other countries and starting wildfires. Uh, Other things are that uh, we're about 10 days into uh, the presidential and municipality and congressman election in Guatemala. And many of them have have visited us. One, to show off how El Salvador is safe and that you can go to, to the downtown where it was really dangerous back then and to see families having a great time there and others have contacted me uh, regarding security and uh, Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. about two weeks ago, I had a, a committee of congressmen here that are that are already in Congress and are being reelected, and they want to study the, the BTC legal tender law. And for me, that's great. I do that uh, for free. Mm-hmm. I want Bitcoin to succeed. So uh, I was speaking to them and. Uh, Piero Cohen, who is the owner of Ibex Mercado, he had come up with a solution called Osmo Wallet and has integration with the banks and all that. And, and I'm telling this congressman, you have the product we wanted before BTC Legal Tender. All you need is declare or legalize BTC as Legal Tender.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, Alejandro, I know your time is valuable. You are, you are doing some uh inspiring work down in El Salvador uh i know that you know some bitcoiners in the community are uh you know they have some opinions on that but uh as someone from latin america uh i think what you guys did needed to be done and i don't think there's another way to do it uh um,
1: well i'm just a, a a a sprocket in a in a in a big in a big machinery
0: yeah yeah, so what you guys are doing is incredible, what Nayib Bukele uh, and his administration is doing is incredible. I am very, very hopeful. I see El Salvador as a shining light of hope in this clown world that we're living through right yeah, now.
1: You, you, you should see what Sa- Satwise Jax is asking. Uh,
0: let's pull, okay, let's pull it up. Uh, please ask if cannabis legalization is possible there like in Costa Rica's Bitcoin jungle.
1: Well, uh, since two thousand fifteen, I've been taking down, uh, taking that to Congress, and I've been uh, thrown to the rubbish bin every time I was uh, proposing that. And then, f- for security reasons, I proposed that to the president because, like Pepe Mujica, uh, he said, uh, "I uh, legalizing marijuana is is not that good, but." Uh, Losing people to narco is worse. So, definitely the Pepe Mujica uh, solution—that the state uh, is the the, the sole uh, seller of of, of marijuana—that was my proposal, but got thrown to the rubbish bin. So, I'll I'll keep trying.
0: Hey, but at least there's someone in government that is uh that is on your that is on your side, sat wise. Anyways, Alejandro, it's it's been an honor. Thank you so much for joining us today on Simply Bitcoin. Thank Coin. you very
1: much, and a big shout out to Estemos, he's a Salvadoran who's watching us, and also since this this podcast is uh, 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 sponsored by Swan, a big shout out to Corey Klipstein.
0: Yeah,
1: he's a great guy, and a big shout out to Ray Yusuf, he didn't. Uh, commit into shit coining and we need people like cory and ray and we need to clean up the world uh, of shit coiners and like i said shit coiners and woke agenda people here are not welcome
0: <laughs> amen to that alejandro thank you so much guys thank you so much for tuning in to another oh, episode okay. oh go ahead go ahead Yeah, another
1: shout out for for nikki and james there uh, we go big friends of mine from new zealand They came here without knowing the country. Uh, they sold their stuff in New Zealand, came here, didn't know nothing about Spanish. Now they speak Spanish and they are great persons.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I think I, I, I think I, you guys should definitely come on the show. Alejandro, when I go to El Salvador, I would love to to meet with you, have a beer with you, man. Uh, thank you so much. I'll hit you up on Twitter. Uh, we Opti and I, we have this joke and I would love to, to tell you about it. We're like, we're going to try to hold it down in the US. But if all if all else fails here, simply Bitcoin is moving to El Salvador. <laughs> right um the land Absolutely. the land of actual I hope, freedom
1: i hope Salvador becomes a a, a silicon valley of bitcoin
0: <laughs> opti's pulling up pulling it up Simplemente. <laughs> Simplemente exactly exactly all right all right alejandro thank you so much guys thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Alejandro, hang out, hang out in the back. I want, to, I want to talk to you for a sec. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin IRL. Uh, I absolutely love this conversation with Alejandro. If you guys like the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. And we'll see you tomorrow on the live show, 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live.